Go. Hello and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. I am Sean Holly, and you are who are you, are, Vic? That was quite serious. Why? Why so serious, Sean? I'm I'm being serious. <laughs> no, you're not. I can see your <laughs> stupid face. Anyway, enough of all that. Hello and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland. How are you all, everyone? How are you? All of you individually. How are you? Yeah, this is a podcast from. Where? About arcade machines, coin-operated video games from 1970s, kids, that's how old we are, right up until uh, yesterday. I yesterday, I suppose. Yeah, if any good arcade games come out, we'll be reporting on them, won't we? Yeah. We love the arcades, us. Anyway, as we usually get on with the things, things we've been up to lately. I've been up to quite a few things lately. Go on. Well, first thing I've been doing is I've been back on... That home bill they made, the one that looks like um, an Atari Centipede cabaret cabinet. I was going to do a Dig Dug, and then thought to myself, I can't get rid of my Euro Dig Dug, because it means a lot to me. So what I'll do is I'll do it as an Atari cab that never came out. So what I'm going to do is a Time Pilot. An Atari Time Pilot came out, but they never brought out a cabaret. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to theme it as an Atari Time Pilot cabaret, and I'm going to put a switcher in it and put different shoot-em-ups in their vertical games. So what I've been doing on it is to, to fix it. I've still got quite a bit to do on it. The main cabinet is built, but I had to move the monitor brackets because where the monitor sits, it's got like um, a 3D cardboard bezel on the front of it. If you if you know what a centipede cabaret looks like, it's got a blue cardboard bezel inside, yeah. like my one has, but this one's got a black one inside. And what has happened, there was a bit of a gap around it because I made, I made it the right size, but the, the monitor bracket wasn't quite right. So all I did is I just took the monitor out angled the, the two pieces of thick wood that held it in there and screwed them back down the battens and slid the monitor back in and it fits a lot nicer now. So it's closer to the glass. Uh, I wired the jammer and the AC power up to the switcher so everything's all wired up for power now. Uh, I wired up and mounted the jammer switcher. Um, so this machine will always have two vertical games in it at any time, just you know, accessible by a button. It's flipped from one game to the other. They're both powered at the same time. So what I'll probably have in there as default is Time Pilot and... Star Force. It's got to be Star Force, hasn't it? Yeah, what stick are you using then? Are you, you won't be using the Monroe stick then, will you? No, it's got a Wicco in there. A Wicco right. 8-way. Same as my... Um, it's not the same as my Dig Dug, because that's a 4-way, but it is a Wicco with the, the rubber bellows. Oh, I, I may even also add another jammer switcher in it. So I have two in there, so you'll further two more games in it, and then just swap the jammer switcher over to the main switcher. That's getting yeah. complicated, isn't it? So basically, you'd have two... PCBs connected to a switching unit, which you can just plug straight in through the front of the cabinet, and have another one in there connected to two other PCBs. So you can always have two on the go. So you can swap from two to the other every time. So I have four games in there and swap them over. So you only accessible have two at the same time when you're playing it. But you, for a quick open the hatch, swap it over, turn it back on, you'll have another two games. It's the best way of doing yeah. it really with original PCBs. So it's no it's no emulation and it's original PCBs. So what power supply do you need for something with two games? If, if both games are running at once, you still need a, a, a normal power supply? Yep, same power supply. It just works. Right. I, think it, I think it does draw a bit more a bit more amps from them, but the amperage in, in a normal switcher seems adequate for it. Because I've done it in a few cabinets, and they seem absolutely fine. You can leave them on for hours on end as well. But they're always right. powered. But what it does is it, it, I think it uses a solenoid to switch between the two different things. It's always connected... So I presume if you put coins in on one cabinet, it puts them in on both? Or does it lock those out? I can't remember. 
Because if you switch between games as you're playing, you're still playing the game. So when you switch between them, say you're playing Pac-Man on one and Space Invaders on the other, you switch between it and you're still playing the same game. Ah, oh, weird. So it works quite nicely. Though. They, they seem to work okay. I think you might need to up the, the power a little bit to, for the two PCBs, but not a lot, only a bit. Elastic trickery, isn't it? It's Elastic stuff. trickery. Elastic trickery, it's clever <laughs> stuff. So that's um, some woodwork being done on that. I've been wanting to do that for ages, because that cab has been built for over a year, actually put together. you can. See, it looks like a cabinet, but it needs glass, it needs a few brackets, it needs wood staining. So I'm going to use it the same... I'm going to leave the, the wood grain of the plywood as it is. I'm just going to stain it a bit darker and then varnish it. And then get some tea moulding on, which I've already got. Yeah. So I'm fitted to it. And just some little bits, really. It just needs finishing off. And it'd be a really nice little cab to play. It looked lovely next to the centipede as well, because it's the same shape. Mm. Can't wait. Lovely. I also had time to set up the vertical main pony with Rich Chunksin's new and improved Groovy Mame on Windows 7 read-only computer, because he sent me a computer for it. But the thing is, I didn't realise I haven't got a JPA- uh, a JPAC to put in there. I've used them all up, all my JPACs. I've got two on Pi's, Pi setups, the Pi Mame setups, one on my yeah. Groovy Mame, and I've just had to buy another one. Ooh. So I ran out of JPEGs, so otherwise I'd have that working now, playing vertical stuff. I've been putting loads of um, vertical ROMs on there, ones I haven't even played before, so that'd be interesting to play those. Yeah, if you do get a if you do get a pony, kids, make sure it's vertical. That pony vertical. I've got two. I've got a horizontal. Two vertical. Vertical. No, not two vertical. One horizontal, one but vertical. Best of both worlds. Mm. Mm. You can keep ponies in any orientation. Can you? As long as they're in a stable. It's okay. Uh, I got a good sort out of my decrepit sheds. I've got some decrepit sheds in the garden. Knackered, are they? Knackered sheds. Yeah, they got just junk in them and get rid of loads of stuff. And I've got nearly enough parts now to make another Nintendo cocktail cabinet to put Space Fever in. Have you? Oh, that's good. Because I regret selling the two I had. What was wrong with me? I had two and sold them. And now that... Phil Murray is near completion of the Space Fever hardware multi-kit. I'm going to need a cabinet for it to go in, and I want another cocktail again. What games are going on that, then? Uh, Space Fever, Space Fever High Splitter, Space Launcher. And I think he can get... I think he's had um, Sheriff running on it, but the Sheriff controller hardware is incompatible because you need something extra on the board. But I'm not sure what he's doing with that. And I think there is... I think. Another game, I think Galaxy Wars runs on that hardware as well. I'm not sure he's got that to, to work yet. But he's got different versions of the game working. So there's like an older version of Space Fever, newer version. I'm not sure how different they are, but he's got lots of, about six different games on there. But there's only really three games, different games. But they're awesome. Ooh. I saw your sheds in the last time I come down. You're not good, Off a few times of Knackered. Knackered sheds they are. Knackered. Anyway, some real life news here. My mother is in a nursing home. We've, we've finally got her in somewhere. She's comfortable. She's okay. Good. She's being looked after. My stepdad was really struggling. So I'm, I'm going to see her for a couple of days because I'm off, I'm off work until this Sunday. Ooh. So I'm going to see her for a couple of days. So hopefully she's, she's comfortable and she's being looked after. That's all we can, it's all we can ask for really. I hope she's, I hope she's sort of a bit more happier. But Absolutely. we will see. And hopefully yeah, poor see. old stepdad can have a bit of a rest as well now. He must be getting on as well. Yeah, he's he's 112. Oh wow, he's older than he look, you. He looks it. I can't say that. Actually, he's not listening to this. Yeah, he's 112. Vic. He. 
Uh, oh, guess what? Guess what? What? We're on Stitcher now. Is that some sort of sewing app? It is, yeah. You can do some sewing, and also you can listen to our podcast. It's Stitcher Radio. I meant to put yeah. this on there a while back, but forgot. We're not very good at We're not very now. good at technology, being, being the sort of old technology podcast that we are. Uh, Rubbish. I think if you're on that app and you just search for, I think it's doilies or cross-stitching. Yeah, or then daft old idiots going on about arcade machines. And they will come up. And yeah. you'll find us in good company with the pod, with the uh, Pie Factory podcast. They're on Stitcher as well. I understand. I a lot of them are, aren't they? Yeah. A lot of those fellows and ladies. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we have got quite a lot in this podcast to be talking about, Sean, so we better get on with some arcade news. Arcade news. Yeah, a lot of news this week. Tons. Tons of it. There's a a light gun that works on an LCD screen where it's, it's being kickstarted at the minute without without like the little the little motion bar that you get on Wii U's Senses, and Wii's yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's very clever how it works. Do you want to explain it, Vic? It's not because Do I don't understand. Normally with stuff like this, I don't look at a lot of the things, especially ones that don't interest me. And light guns really don't interest me. I've never been bothered with light guns. But this is a worthwhile one because it's going to be really good. It works on LCD and CRTs and projectors, apparently. What it does, it, it, it uses a very less invasive white border around the screen. Very, very thin. You can hardly notice it. And for some, I don't know how it works, but it's really clever and it works really nice. I saw, I saw the video, I watched the video of someone playing it and it works really cool. It works on lots of different um, games and emulators and also hardware. So it's going to be really, really cool. And this guy has really nailed it. He's really done it justice because I don't think anyone's been even get it that close for a long time. And you know, people have not been able to play their old Dreamcast light guns and their old NES light guns for Duck Hunt and stuff like that. Nowadays, they can use this light gun for everything. And it's got buttons on it as well. And it's got recoil. It looks really, really cool. I really like the look of it. It looks excellent. Mm, I, bet, I bet Andy will get good. one at Arcade Club for the projector. That'd be awesome. That how about, about life-size yeah. Virtua Cop? Wow, yeah. Lewis has got a really, really big projector as well, hasn't he? Lewis Gamer. Yeah, massive, yeah. Huge. Tell him him to get on it. Um, When I looked the other night, um, it's flown past the Kickstarter goal by about six times over. That's cool. They wanted like £25,000 to start. They're on 130 grand or something. So, yeah, they're doing really well. So this is going to be made. Can't wait to see it. Sounds really good. Oh, I, I, talking of that, I saw a prototype of Jim Bagley's Spectrum Next the other day. Ooh. Yeah, I saw uh, the box. I I've saw that, heard saw... that people are getting pre-orders of it already. I'm not sure. It this really one had... doesn't interest me whatsoever. This one had no innards. Oh, right. You, you could press on the keyboard and pretend you were, like, playing some up. Wow. Wow. Totally useless. It looks lovely, though. It does look a very nice keyboard. I've, I've, I've yeah. seen pictures of it before. It looks good. It looks a bit retro, but modern. It's ro- Rodden or Rodden. Metro. That doesn't Rodden, sound good. Rodden Metro. Yeah, it sounds like something you go to get to a train station. I'm just going to end yeah. up on the Rodden Metro. <laughs> Guess what's coming up here, Vic? Now, this, yeah. this, cra- this craze, it is a craze, of these mini arcade machines. There's so many companies doing them. And they're like, you know, anywhere from six inches to like 12 inches tall, aren't they? And some, mm-hmm. But Atari, whoever Atari is now, they are doing some of their own. What do you reckon to these bad boys? 
Well, they're being made by a company called Blaze, and Blaze are well known for making bad kit. <laughs> the first one we're looking at here, I'll put some pictures or, or links on the website, is the Atari Pong. It's obviously wood side effect and yellow, and it's quite small, little LCD screen, little sort of L, laid-back L-shaped thing. It's got massive knobs on it, Sean. Massive oh, knobs. Ooh. You'd think they've got little buttons for the, the controls of the games, and they've got these massive knobs, which are really uncharacteristically large compared to the rest of the buttons. It looks ridiculous. It looks really silly. I'm glad they've actually used the pot knobs for the game to play properly, so not use a joystick or anything silly like that. But it just it just doesn't look right, does it? I actually quite like the look of it because it's styled like the, the, the styled and coloured like the original Pong. But those it? knobs are massive. I'd change them to littler ones. Not nicer with smaller knobs. Yeah. That's that's my only biggest gripe on that. But the other one that they released is I think it's a red coloured one. Is it plays five Atari twenty six hundred games? Why? Hmm. The main one that's the selling point of that particular machine is Centipede. It sort of advertises Centipede machine, but playing the 2600 version, and it uses a joystick. It's got a D-pad with a joystick in the middle of it for Centipede, which is a trackball game. And also, on the same, there's like five games you can play on it, and one of the other games on there is Warlords, which is a spinner game, or a pot game. Why a joystick again? Weird. It's a really, really crap selection of games see and what because there's units out i've got one here i can grab it from where i am now that plays like all the atari 2600 games ever made on a little portable unit and you can Mm. get the the various versions of um whatever they're called you know these little portable ones and they play all the games every single game that's ever made for the atari 2600 so why are they releasing five and not even very good ones either it's weird, isn't it? I wonder if it's something to do with licensing or... Well, Atari, own, I presume they own the license for all the games because um, various manufacturers have released lots of licensed ones with different games on. Mm, it might be this Blaze, though. It might be this Blaze that have licensed them. Yeah. Anyway, here's another one. Another mini arcade thing, which is... I'm just YouTubing it now. Yeah, it's a little tiny thing, isn't it? I saw these a little while ago. I was trying to follow the Kickstarter, but I missed it. They, they, they released a Tetris one a little while ago as well. Uh, this is a Pac-Man one, and on the video we put on the website, it's from um, Willie's Arcade USA site, and he's reviewing it. It looks really, really cool. I want one. I like it a lot. I want one. Do you? <laughs> yep, I do like that one. I can't be bothered with these little arcade machines. They look all right, I suppose. Yeah, they are quite playable. I've, I've played some of the little ones that I've got myself. I do play them now and again. They're pretty good. This is a good one. It's a very is- good one. Neon Knights Retro Cafe Arcade from Ali the Retro Hunter down south, down near you. Where is he? Yeah, Ali is down in Leoncey, and it's going to be next door to the Retro Hunter Game Shop, which I've been to before. Ali is an absolute top geezer, and him and his business partner, Dave, I don't know Dave, but he's called Dave, really, his Mm. name's Dave, are starting a new arcade up. And they're trying to get together machines at the moment. They've got a few already. And I am going to try and get a little interview with Ali and find out what's going on with it, get the lowdown on it. Because we, we need somewhere down south. And this is, uh, I think Leon sees, is Essex part of Essex? Of course it's Essex. You toilet. Yeah, let's, let's say Essex. I've been there before. It's quite away from me, but down south. I love it. Uh, Ali is also on the lookout for more dedicated cabinets. So if you've got anything you want to sell, this is a good place to sell them to. They'll get a lot of use. 
uh, and probably decent jammer cabsies after as well. Yeah, oh, that's good. That's good. Good luck. Good luck to him, anyway. Mm, absolutely. And, and the next one we've got here is another arcade, and this is Retro Arcade. It's a new arcade in Warrington Town Centre. Uh, we're not too sure on details just yet, as there's not much on their website, but according to Twitter, it's open from Thursday to Sunday. Adults is £8, under 16 is 5 and under 5 go through with the company adult. Looks like it's under an archway, like a big archway under a, a bridge or something. Uh, it seems a nice setup of cabs and pinball in there. Um, I'll check it out the next time I'm up north. I should check that out, it's not far. Is Warrington far from you? Not really, about... 30 miles, maybe. Oh, you got to get Cheshire, down there, mate. Cheshire, maybe 50 miles. Ooh, or 40 that's... miles. Any advance on 40? I'm going to say 40. I'm going to come and slap you in a minute with my yardstick. <laughs> anyway, pinball machines are still thriving in the era of video games. Are they there indeed? This yeah, is a that. YouTube uh, video on our website. Link. Uh, a video inside Stern Pinball on the shop floor. I wish we could have got there when we were in Chicago. We would have seen that firsthand, Sean. Yeah, we got we got close, didn't we? We could have had a look around Stern Pimbles. We, we pinball. believe we believe they were gearing up for one of their new games, so we couldn't go around at the time, which is is understandable because they had to keep everything hush hush. They want idiots like us walking around, do they? They've released a lot of new games, haven't they? Yeah, just lately. Yeah, they've gone mad pinball. Yeah, I thought there was a I thought there was a big sort of development period and then it was released and then they developed another one but i think they're doing quite a few at once i, I think they have about five or six on the go at a time and a lot of them are secret as well they don't want people to know what's going on at the moment yeah. but the last ones that came out were the monsters which is supposed to be really good it looks really really cool but yeah, they're so expensive well. i can't afford one i just cannot afford one of those damn things so hopefully yeah. uh some of the arcade club or some of these new arcades opening up will have one themselves so i'm gonna have a look at it yeah very cool Anyway, what's next? What's next? Arcade Sidekick. This is the app that I test that that I help test, and it's still being developed. There's a new version available now. Arcade Sidekick. Check it out on. It's on Google Play. It's not on Apple yet. It's coming soon to Apple. Boom. And it's a it's it's a head to head head to head scores you can do. You can record all your scores. You can see leaderboards. I'm I'm going through all the old podcasts and putting my scores on, and then any scores I get. I was going to say any scores I get here. Yeah, I still put them on, write them down, and then put them put them on the on the thingy face, and look at them. Well, you don't have to sell it to me, Sean. I've been wanting something like this for a long time because I've got scores from when I first started, when I first built my first arcade cabinet, and I used to put them in a little tiny book. I've still got the book, but the things get lost. You don't update them. You can't find it when you want to update. You take a picture of it. You lose it on your phone, or you put it somewhere. This app is an absolute godsend. I can't wait until it comes out on Apple as well because you can also keep up with your mates as well. You can see what your mates are playing. So when you guys are all playing at Arcade Club on a Saturday or Sunday night and say you get a better score at a certain game, I can see it. It'll probably send me an alert saying Sean's you know, beating your score, he's beating his own score. And then I can you know, compete with you and keep the scores in one place. And because it's on the what? phone, you're always going to have it with you. Well... I've had a look. Uh, you can put, you can compare yourself against someone else in the app. And I've had a look at Charlie Farright, and it turns out, as I've inputted the games, there's 29 games that both me and Charlie Far have put a score in. Guess how many games I'm beating him on out of 29? Uh, none. 
None. <laughs> I thought it might be. <laughs> He's beat me on every single game I've input a score for. He's beat me on it. Yeah, but but playing against Charlie Fart is a tall order, isn't it? It is. It is. So uh, tell the guy who's making it to hurry up with the Apple version. I, I really am looking forward to it, and I think a lot of other people will be as well. Yeah, I think it'll be getting there. Cool. Here's one. Ooh, this is an interesting one. There's an Atari prototype that's been released on MAME, a game called Aka R. Yep. And when, can you remember years ago when we were doing The Art of Side Art, I found this game called Aka R, and I thought, God, that looks lovely. And it was a weird-shaped cab, and the side art is just dripping inside out. It was yeah. dripping off it. It's falling. It's lovely. It's really nice cabinet. It was also called Sentinel and it was called something else. Is that three different names to it? It was also called Target Outpost. Yeah, it never it was... came out and there's only three machines ever made. Basically the lowdown of what's happened is it's come out on MAME. It's been released on MAME so the ROM is available, right? And it was never available before um, because there's only three people who own this game. There's only three in the world apparently. And the people who own it don't want it to go on MAME because it would make the game worth a lot less. Worth nothing, really, because everyone can play it. So if you take it to a you know a, a show or something, it's not going to be that interesting because people have already played it. But if you've got the only one of three, it's always going to be interesting. So what happened, apparently, and I don't, I'm not sure if I believe it, is somebody, one of the owners of the three, was having some work done on some other cabinets in their collection. And the an unscrupulous engineer who was helping out with these machines somehow got into the cabinet, lifted all the program ROMs, burned copies of them, and then anonymously posted them on the internet so people could use them on emulators like Main. But it's not just as easy as, as waving a magic wand near something or just downloading it via USB. These program ROMs, as you know, Sean, have to be lifted carefully with a screwdriver out of the the sockets they're in. And there's usually, say, older games, say 5 to 20 or 30 EPROMs that might need to be moved and and saved. And you need a special machine as well. You need a ROM burner to do it. So I'm not sure if I believe that would happen because you'd have to leave the person around for a long time for them to do it. And it's a pretty crappy thing for them to do as well if they actually did it because it's quite untrustworthy, isn't it? Yeah. If you're there to fix a pinball or fix a joystick on a on a, a dig dug or something, and then you nip into someone's really rare game and steal all the ROMs out of it and, and copy them for your own personal gain, it's not on, is it? No, so I I, not. I'm yeah. not sure if 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 maybe one of the owners have just thought, I'll get just let everyone play it. I'll I'll, I'll burn the ROMs and I'll I'll dump them on to MAME and they can put it in MAME or whatever. I'm not sure. But it's just a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah, I think if it if one of the three still go to these American shows, people will still queue up to play it because it's a prototype. I think it will still have that pull. It's a lovely looking machine as well. It's a bit of a weird game. It's sort of a cross between sort of like uh, Liberator, Quantum and Missile Command. It's an odd yeah. looking game. It looks quite fun though. Mm. Midwest Gaming Classic has been and gone for another year. We didn't get over there, did we? We the didn't, no. We were invited. I know, I was going to nip over, but, you know... I'd I'd love to have gone, but, yeah, it's very difficult for us to get over there. Um, Jimmy G and Janitor Sean from the Pie Factory podcast, they were there, so they're providing the light entertainment for anyone. And you've written here, Colin D's Atari Universal Power Brick idea on UK VAC. What's that? I've missed this. Colin D, Colin Davis, who's a great guy on UK VAC, really, really knowledgeable guy, been on UK VAC for absolutely years, very, very technical. He has put out the feelers about 
starting up a little project of making a universal power brick for Atari games. And the Atari power bricks um, are quite hard to get hold of now. They're quite expensive. They're quite heavy to ship and all this sort of stuff. And you need different power bricks for different era games. And also the vector games are different because they've got different weird voltages. Yeah. Because stuff like Asteroids uses like some quite odd... Not Asteroids. Um, that's not a very good example. But something like, say, Space Duel. It uses some yeah. really odd negative and positive voltages and you need you know voltage for the AR, the audio regulator boards and all this sort of stuff. So it's not just a case of plus five, plus twelve, minus five. It's lots of different voltages together. And it also feeds into the audio regulator and all this sort of stuff. So it's quite a, a nice big bit of kit and it's got a big um, smoothing capacitor on it, the big blue and all this sort of stuff. And what Colin's idea is is to make one that's universal. So you'd obviously have dip switches or some kind of selectors to do different games. Yeah. He's been putting his feelers out how to do it. And they want to sort of... I think the idea was to try and get it under £100. But using newer parts, the off-the-shelf parts. It's a really, really good idea. And hopefully they'll get on and do it. Because then you can keep your games going for longer without having to import these old, hard-to-find now, power supplies. Mm, that's good. That keeps keeps the old cabs going, doesn't it? Absolutely. And Colin's the kind of person to do it. He's very, very knowledgeable. He's good, isn't he? Mm. Here's, here's some good news. Time Warp Arcade, one of my favourite arcades in the whole of everywhere. Yes, we have been there. It's a great place. Been a few. Have I been twice? It might have been three times. Anyway, oh. after months, they're gonna, they were going to move. They're not going now. Just give us like a little press release to read. After months of discussion and not finding a suitable, better unit to move the arcade to, the landlord of the current building and I, this is Stuart, owner of Time Warp, appear to have, be, have reached a deal. We're going to rent the whole building, and he's going to fix the roof, and he's no longer putting the building up for sale. Cool. It means we'll be go- going from about three and a half thousand square foot to eight thousand square foot. That's almost double, Vic. It's, almost it's double over double wow upstairs will be more of a social gaming lounge with lots of consoles old and modern plus more pool tables smaller jammer cabs and a pinball <sighs> plus there is already a bar and a kitchen upstairs and we attend we intend to fix it up and get it licensed downstairs we will we have bigger arcade machines with equal equal effort to put into vintage and newer machines basically we've agreed most of the terms by phone and we've been meeting it with a guy to shake hands and solicitors etc we're working on a plan to open the bigger new look arcade by about october that's that's some way off not mm. bad though the current downstairs arcade will remain open as normal while the work is carried out that's in bridgewater somerset can you nice do a somerset one. accent you're only good at that accent i can do <laughs> if i like cool. down in somerset i used to live near somerset did you whereabouts dorset weymouth Oh, yeah, of course you did. And one final bit of news, it's kind of news, Christopher Lambert, Lambert is Raiden. This is a guy at work at Arcade Club. He's trying to get he's trying to get Christopher Lambert's image in to Mortal Kombat 11 because one of the other old actors is in it So from the film. So why not Christopher Lambert get him in, Raiden, as a... As a getting in Mortal Kombat as an actual skin and as a petition to sign to get him in, I've signed it. If you signed it, Vic, hey, 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 why? Hey, why hey. would you want that? Uh, I don't care. I really don't care. You should do. They should put you in it, Sean. I'd, I'd do it. You could have a fiery beard, I could a have skeleton a special, face, and a fiery beard. I could do a special beard move. What, what would be a good, like a scratch, like a beard scratch? You do enough on that microphone. Do not do it. I know. Oh, see, see how gory these games are. Unbelievable. They're nasty. I do not like them. The, the, 
10 and 11 is some of the goriest stuff I've seen outside of a horror film. It's unbelievable. I know, they're really horrible. I don't it, like it. It's so gory. It's actually funny. It's so funny. Anyway, mm. that's that's enough news. We had a lot of news this time, yep. haven't we? Get rid of the news. Next. Ten pence archives. This is where we go over, we drag over the coals an old game we've reviewed before. Usually one we've liked, and maybe we'll find one we didn't like and we may like in the future. Do you reckon mm. you might get to like uh, Peter Packrat one day? No. No, didn't think so. Right, Victor plays Rescue on me slightly new Twin Stick Pony. Twin Stick Pony? You know, I made a Twin Stick control panel for my pony, my horizontal pony, and I've got lots of games on there. Mm-hmm. Twin stick panel with three buttons in the middle, so I can use a normal stick on the left hand side, which is a, a servo stick. So I've just got a switch, switches from four to eight way at a flick of a switch. And I've been playing some twin stick games. I've been playing Robotron on there, I've been playing uh, Karate Champ, I've been playing Smash TV, and also been playing Rescue, one of my favourite games. I still love it. And on that machine, I've got my personal best, got 71,910. That's good. I think I only got about. 35, didn't I, when I played it? That is still a good score on Rescue, because Rescue is a rock-hard game. I noticed the sounds don't sound quite as good in MAME as original hardware, because I've got an original PCB of it, uh, which is a licensed version, and I've also got it on the Phil Murray Konami hardware kit. Mm. The game is super switchy still, and I love it even more. I'm quite a bit better at it than I used to be, because I've I've been playing, I've actually got better at it. Um, and Alex and I reviewed it way back when. It was one of the early games. In the first five or ten we did, I reckon. Good guess. It was Podcast 9. Yeah. Really early game. Uh, Alex also has the PCB of it, and he is dedicating a jammer cab in his house for it as well. Uh, we both have the free Enterprise Games license. And as I said, it's always, always already on the Phil Murray Konami multi-hardware kit, along with Minefield by the same person released by Stern, and it's a very similar, but also very excellent game as well. Really, really cool. I'm not sure if my scores have escalated because of the larger monitor on the pony, because there's a 29-inch monitor on that machine. It's massive. But obviously, it's a smaller screen, a vertical screen on the horizontal screen, because it's a vertical game, but it's a lot bigger. But those um, one-pixel chopper bullets are sure hard to see on a 14-inch screen. Yeah, I didn't really... I thought it is very twitchy. It's very twitchy. I, I didn't it. really I love it. Didn't get on with it overly much. I don't think. Do you keep ch- stuffing your chopper in the sea? Yeah, you hate it do when that, that happens. Do you? It's all mm. wet. <laughs> Rygar, my one is Rygar. Oh, you, you love Rygar, didn't you? I started playing it because we start, We were we were playing Rastan as the features game, and I went back to Rygar. This yeah, is I can see why. I can see why. Yeah, this is podcast twenty-three. It's the second one. I ever did. Oh yeah. From twenty from October twenty fourteen. My four I've done it you remember this. My forty fifth birthday at the original arcade club, the little shopping castle. I was there. You were there. And it was decorated. My wife decorated like along the ceiling the artwork from my Rygar podcast image across across the ceiling. Oh and then we what were we playing when you I think we were playing Star Star Force. Force. In uh, in one of those little yeah, one of those little cabs. Yeah, it was really nice. The one that you've got, or you used to have, sorry. Yeah. I looked at... I didn't look at it. 
I listened to the podcast 23 and we, we were talking about ArcAid 2 at the Cambridge Centre for Computing History. Oh, that was good, yeah. RGP December Meet. Ooh. We also found new sounds and tunes in the Donkey Kong code. That was... I remember Pauline saying help, help or something. That's actually in there. Yeah, yeah. I think we found it on the Cut Room Floor website, didn't we? Yeah, and we had games that should have been in the arcade. We had, we had that feature. Mm. And you were and you were already having a go at my beard, and, and we'd only just done one podcast, and you were having, calling me beardy and all sorts. Well, it has to be done, really, doesn't it? It does. We mentioned a knackered village. We mentioned Skellingtons. Yeah. And... Bellfruit Galaxian in the Art of Side Out. We'll talk more about that. But Rygar, going back to Rygar, I still love it. I think I only got to level eight on one credit when I played it out of the 27 wow, levels. Wow, It's not 27 levels, wow. I got to six last night, but I still enjoy it. It's very fluid. I like the graphics. I love the sound. It just plays really well. The guy's really controllable. And he throws that yo-yo out, don't he? Yeah, a big nasty metal yo-yo. Yeah, I think it's called a... It's not a yo-yo, it's called... An oi-oi. An orb of destructive vision. Now, I can't remember, it It had a proper name. You mean the disc armour. But anyway, I I loved it, loved it. Is it not called slicey yo-yo kneecaps or something? Probably. Hmm. But I'm going to go back to right. I'll keep playing it, I love it. Yeah, nice one. Recent pickups. Have you bought anything lately? Arcade-wise? Yeah. Really? Kind of. Go on. Easter eggs. Explain how they're arcadey. Arcadey because you can eat an Easter egg at Easter, which is also a good time to play arcade games. You're an idiot. I have bought lately not a lot. I bought a 60 and 1, another 60 and 1, because it's going to mm. go in my true chip shop jammer cab, which is going to be my. My throwback to my days as a kid when I used to go to the chip shop to play arcade games. They always had a sub-electro ISIS in the chip shop where I used to go to. And this one's going to be a full-on chip shop cab. And those 60 games in there is like true classics to go in there. It's going to stay there. So I'll always have classics in there. It's going to smell of chips. It's going to oh, yeah, salt. Put, put chips in there, a bit of vinegar on the control panel. Salt on, the, salt on it. Tomato sauce, bit of fish around the back. You're lovely. Oh, smells lovely. These Easter eggs, by the way, they're the big ones, Vic. You know, because Easter's finished. Yes. You know, Jesus is whatever he will do, and he's done that. No, he did. So, so, so the Easter eggs are £1.50 from Asda or Tesco, and they got you get your big bit. Yeah, look, look at this, kids. That's what I've eaten today already. And you can, that's after shell left. You get a big bit of shell, you get two little bits of chocolate in there, like a whisper or a twirl and everything, and they're on offer because, you know, Easter's gone. So I've got about, I've had five. I haven't had five. I've bought five. I've sure. eaten two. Yeah. You do realise you've just described an Easter egg to the <laughs> listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a moron. Thanks. thanks I also mate. got a BBCB GoTech drive unit from the IDOD of all IDODs. Yes. Um, so I can put different images on there. But I need something else to make it work, apparently. I'll get onto that one. I also bought a game on the Switch. I bought Hyper Sentinel. Remember that game that was like oh, yeah. Iridium? Yeah. Done by the, the Iridium's programmer's son. We saw it at Rob. one of the revivals, didn't we? I've, I've spoke to him quite a lot now. I think it's Rob Hewson, is he called? Or yes. something like Hewson, yeah. Because Hewson Consultants were the company that made Iridium originally, wasn't it? 
Yeah, every event I went to over the last couple of years, he was there. So I've, got, I've sort of spoke to him a bit. But it I, when I played it, it was a, a, an earlier version and it was yeah. playing pretty well then. So I don't know what it's, it's like. It's really now. fast and twitchy, really fast. And the mm. thing the thing I bought it is the reason, one of the reasons I bought it, I was going to buy it ages and I just forgot to get it. On the Switch, I presume you can do this on, on the PlayStation and the Xbox as well. You have a watch list. So you think, oh, I like the look of that. I'll put it in my watch list. When when they have a sale on and some of these games get cheaper, Nintendo sent me an email saying, oh, some of the games in your watch list are now on sale. So I looked in there, 90% off. It cost me 99p. What a bargain. Wow. So I got it. And I That's still good. need to buy Time Pilot. I was going to get it. I haven't got it yet. I'll have to go and get it. I don't know why. I'm- I've already got it, but I need it on the Switch as well. Would you play that in portrait mode, or yeah. does it? Oh, I don't know. I believe the vertical, the vertical games can play in portrait mode. I've got a, a portrait little thing I made for it, so hopefully, yeah, I'll have to look into that. I've looked into it, and you can reproduce the arcade display settings. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? Mm, you can with yeah. Donkey Kong and them other games. So I presume you can. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. Nice one. That's it, though. Not been really buying much arcade stuff. I've got to buy a J-Pack, but I haven't ordered it yet. Mm. I've got a Whisper Easter egg. Do you want me to explain that one? No. Okay. Carry on to the next item of interest. Listener feedback. Right, we were sent, or I think I was sent in February, some bell fruit flyers and cabinet pictures from Alan Meads, who's the guy... I spoke to years ago about some kind of. Oh, is he, he does he does the little arcade pamphlets, booklets, stories. That's him, I think. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, it is him. Yeah, and these are not on the arcade flyer archives. There's five he sent me. This is in February, and I missed them. There's a Puckman, little tiny Puckman, yeah. Belfry Puckman, which cool. is Batman, obviously. There's the back of that flyer. There's Galaxian. They don't look very. Good. They look. They look very basic. Now, listen here, you. I must explain to people outside of the UK uh, who Bell Fruit were. Bell Fruit were a, a UK company that really specialised in in um, fruit machines, you know, gambling machines, the, the real fruit machines. But they also moved into like the late seventies, early eighties. Moved into arcade video games as well. I think they did bingo machines and different kinds of uh, gaming machines. And they did a few video games. They're usually licensed versions of other machines, but they're actually licensed. And the Puck-Man there is really cute. It looks like a little 14-inch screen in it, but it's only a little cabaret mm. machine. I, I really like it. It's a typical UK machine. It's wooden-sided, very generic-looking. They could probably build other games into it if they wanted to, just change the, the little tiny marquee and the, and the mark the screen bezel. And then you've got another game in there, and then maybe another control panel. But there's the little Puck-Man, as you say... That Galaxian, I used to own one of those. That's a full-size machine. That's a 19-inch screen in that. Right. And they had a load of those in uh, the Isle of Wight on the, the arcade in Ride. They had, oh. uh, they had about three or four of those. They're really, really basic-looking things. And they had, I think they had King and Balloon in it as well. They did one for King and Balloon. They did one for Galaxian. And they did a few different games. But they're quite quite big machines. They weigh a ton, those ones. And the, uh, the Tank yeah. Battalions are really nice. The same, same shape machine as the Pac-Man. I really like those. I'd like to get one of those. I love it. The buttons are the, are the typical fruit machine buttons, aren't they? They're yep. rectangular. They always use them. those buttons. They're called them star points. Right. Like a sort of like a hard plastic, and you can put little inlays inside them for like you know you can put like nudge, fire, one player, two player starts, whatever. And they usually had light behind them. And the one in my Galaxian, 
I put a light a light bulb in there. It was the wrong value for the the voltage was working. So I used to get really hot the button. I used to keep your finger warm when you're playing it. Oh, but yeah, that's handy. Re- really heavy machines they were. But those um, little calibrators, I really like the look of those. I have to put these uh, pictures on the website. Yeah, I wonder if we can submit them to that. I don't know if the Arcade Flyer archive is. There's nothing been submitted to it for years, but it's still there. Oh, I don't know. And it's a good resource, really. There's the, the amount of stuff I get off there for the podcast images and stuff. You know, tons. Oh, it says on the bottom of this, uh, on one of the flyers, Belfruit Manufacturing Co. Limited, uh, Leangate, Lenton, Nottingham, in the UK. Are they still going, Belfruit? I I really doubt it. Belfruit Games are actually still going. Been in the business for 50 years. Anyway, got some fit. We've only got, this is two bits of feedback. This is the least feedback we've ever had. What's going on? We've got some from Evoga. He's put... We've not had a lot at all, have we? No, weird. That is odd. Perhaps people, it's been Easter, hasn't it? Perhaps people have been away or... Do not go on about Easter eggs again. I have got... I will smother you in Easter eggs. You'll be dead. I've also got... Death by egg. What's the other one? I think it's a whisper one, Vic. Do you want to see that? No. Okay. Anyway, got some. Got Tell some... me what Evoga has to say. <laughs> he says Rastan is a poor man's toki. The game mechanics Ooh. are very basic, which just doesn't make you want to beat your high score or even see what's further in the level. It's a pity, as it could have been quite good and spent more time on the gameplay. And he's not even bothered to put a high score into our chart. Do you know what is that is really damning? If you say that Rastan. Is a poor man's Toki. Toki is a poor man's game of anything. And if Rastan's even poorer than that, that's really in the gutter, isn't it? Toki was all right. Nah, it was horrible. Didn't, <laughs> didn't like it. Well, that's that section done then. Yep. Friendly shout outs. First shout outs for me are Milky and Flinster. Martin and Dave visited me on Saturday to pick a few things up. Uh, also, Paul Higgins uh, on Twitter and UKVAC for getting a friend of his who works for an, an American airline, I'm not sure which one, uh, and they picked up some Walmart exclusive mini arcade machines for me. This is the Dig Dug and the Ms. Pac-Man. No, Gallagher, sorry. Gallagher. I think, yes, Gallagher and Dig Dug, the new ones. Are they uh, the same ones we were trawling around Walmarts in December? Oh, but, yes. That's a four Walmarts, didn't we? And we found them in the end, though. They're worthwhile getting. Uh, but typical, uh, Mr. Mister Exploding Pinball Man, Boom Go Pinball, is in America, and he was doing the same thing for me as Paul at the same time. I didn't realise. And he has got the two machines for me as well. So now <laughs> I'm going to have an excess of little arcade machines when they get to me. So what I'm going to do is when I actually eventually get hold of them, I'm going to get someone to pick them up from America who's going on holiday there soon, hopefully. And what I'll do is when I get the excess machines I won't need anymore, I'm going to auction them off in a competition on the podcast for people to win. That'd be good. Yeah, so that'd be nice when I get them, eventually get them. Uh, And I think Paul has also got me a Fix-It Felix who I've got already anyway. So I'll have a Fix-It Felix, a Gallagher, and a Dig Dug to give away on the, on the competition, on the podcast. That's good. The Gallagher's probably Ness version, is it? I've no idea. It looks nice, though. It does look really good. Mm. Talking of quizzes and competitions... Arcade Master Quiz. 
Right, it's my turn this week to quiz you. Your name, sir, and chosen profession? Victor Marland, not bad engineer. Your chosen subject for this evening, Victor Marland? Impossible arcade questions. That's good, because that's what this is. Here we go, we have ten questions, you have 72 years to answer them, but I'll keep it short if if you can. I will try, because I've got to edit this. Carry on. Okay. Okay. Number one. The 1987 game, The Real Ghostbusters, was developed by which company? Sega. No, Data East. Oh, bum. (laughs) True or false? Midway's Bowling Alley was a colour raster game. False. Yeah, it's black and white. Black and white, I'll want that. One of the the first bowling games. Number three, how many simultaneous players could you have on Key's Key Games Ultra Tank? Four? No, two. Ooh, I knew it wasn't eight, because Tank 8 is the eight-player one, isn't it? Yeah, Ultra Tank. 1979 game Space Stranger by Yachiko Electronics was a clone of which game? Space Invaders. Yeah, you could, you could get that one. Oh, That's yes. two, two out of four. I had a mate. What character do you control in Taito's 1988, 1988 game Civalian? What, what's the character you control? Civalian. Oh, Civalian. Is it a space hopper? No, it's a dragon. Mm. Ooh. Number six. What artwork design is at the base of 1988's Atari game Vindicators? What's on the base of the cab? Vindicators. Oh, is it a car? No, it's tank tracks. Oh, okay. It's, it's a really good looking cab, that. Hmm, I've never seen it. Number seven. What is the control method for the 1982 Jalico game Pop Flamer? How do you control it? Pop Flamer. Joystick? Yep. Was it that easy? Yeah, what what sort of joystick? One with a knob on it? <laughs> four or eight way. Oh, Pop Flamer four. Yay! Well right. Question number eight. This is a year question. You like the year questions, don't you? Not really. What year was Sega's Crazy Taxi released? Ooh, 2001. Ooh, nearly 1999. Ooh, darn it. Number nine, number nine of ten. What game genre does Capcom's 1997 game Rival Schools United by Fate? What type of game is that, Rival Schools United by Fate? Beat them up. It is. I used to own it on the Dreamcast as well, so, aha. Oh, this is a good one. Number 10, last question. What name is given to the cat enemies in Mappy? The cat enemies. Oh, oh, I know this. Oh, is it Meow? Meows or something? Yeah, Meowkies. Meowkies, yeah. I'll give you that one. Yes. Or, or Mewkies if it's the Japanese version. So you got five out of 10, which is not terrible. That's not great, is it? You tricked me on some of those ones, trickster. <laughs> Do like a quiz. Feature game review. Rastan. Otherwise known as Rastan Saga in Japan, and how I always remember the game. I always remember it as Rastan Saga, not just Rastan. Always. Yeah, well, I I found a Rastan Saga flyer. And it's Electrocoin, so it's a UK flyer. That's why. 
because a lot of the games in my arcades in Weymouth were Electricoin machines with Electricoin licensed games. That's why. And I, and I remember playing it in Blackpool, and it's definitely saying Rastan Saga on the screen. So yeah. we, we did have Rastan Saga. Do you know even what? Though- when I helped clear out the old Electricoin arcade in London, we took a load of old machines out of there, and, and one of the guys from Jammer Plus had a lot of the old gear that the, the boss from Electricoin gave him. They had lots and lots of, of kits. You know, they had the marquee, the control panel overlays, and the, the PCBs and stuff. And a lot of them were imported from directly from Japan. They weren't the American version, they were the Japanese version. So that's probably why. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is Taito, 1987. Uh, it's a hack-and-slash, side-scrolling, horizontally-orientated game. You control a barbarian character in a fantasy world on a quest to kill a dragon to death. Its name is Philip. Poor Philip. Philip. Yeah. The game consists of six levels. Each level is split into three distinctive parts, outside, the castle, and the throne room, where Mr. Bad, the baddie of the level, resides in, eating chocolate frogs and laughing manically. Ha 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 ha! Have you had a chocolate frog called Freddo's? They're really oh, nice. I love a Freddo, me. They're, they're, they're lovely. The froggy fucker. <laughs> level one, Sean. King Grattan's yeah. Manor, a halberd-wheeling skeleton warrior who was annoyed at you for disturbing his dinner. He was having spaghetti oops and sausages, his favourites. Level, like level two, King Slay's Realm. King Dave of Slay, a demonic-winged swordmaster, angry because he ran out of data on his phone. Level yeah, three, you can see why they're annoyed. Level three, Land of Simple Gades, the Wizard King, just bored of wizarding. Would love to be just a disco dancing wizard back in the seventies, rather than an evil warlock. Oh, and then then he just gets killed at the end, so yeah. he's not having a fun. Level day, is four, Laos, the Dragon King's place. Hates Rastan because he started a room that he had a newt and not a dragon. <laughs> yeah. Level five, Helen the Hydra's evil kingdom. Rastan never called her after their date. Dot dot dot. Oh. And level six, Philip the Dragon level. Green baddie with fiery bad breath could do with a tic tac or two, or f- fresh mint mm. breath mint. Mm. Yeah, this is how you play the game anyway. Eight way stick and two buttons: hack, slash, and jump. Uh, joystick walks you left and right, up and down climbs, ascend ropes, but not the swingy ones. You can only swing on the swingy ones. If you push diagonally up with the stick while jumping, you jump a bit higher than normal. Uh, if you jump up and then hold down and pressing stab, you do an aggressive down slash move. Handy for killing stuff and smashing blocks in the ground. You can also up stabby stabby too. Mm. You have a health bar and it depletes when you get hit by projectiles, walking into monsters and being hurt by certain environments. Uh, the tips and secrets in this game, the best thing to do is watch the damn attract mode in the game. It tells you all sorts of stuff about the game and you know the items you can pick up and stuff. So weapon power-ups appear when killing baddies. An axe, a mace, and a fire-spitty sword can be got. They only last a short period of time, though. Uh, Better reach with the higher-up weapons. You can also pick up protective items, which can be worn on their own, so another will cancel the other one out you're using. Uh, You can get magic disco medallions and rings can be worn together. Uh, The fancy shield halves the damage you receive from many enemy attacks. The mantle halves any damage from touching an enemy, and armour does the job of both. Uh, blue medicine pots can be found to top up your health, uh, and severed golden sheep's heads will restore you right up. Bit of a weird thing. Ooh, have you ever done that? Yeah, I've often f- been, been really worn out, found a knackered sheep's head, and then just completely reinvigorized. Re- re- reinvigorized? That's reinvigorized. Yeah, did, did, did. 
But be careful. Uh, red poison chalices can be found as well. And they all uh, do the opposite of the medicines. But they're worth lots of points. If you're after points, get them. Uh, this is a risk versus, versus reward again. You can 10, also find yeah. You can also find a piece of daft cloth, and this has a smart bomb effect on all the enemies. Gems can be grabbed simply for points. If you take too long on a level, it gets dark, and a ton of stupid bats come and flap you to death. That's so annoying. Yeah. At the end of the first level, you fight a man with a helmet and a long pointy stick. He has uh, black magic knives dangling around above you, and they fire out now and again. When you kill this dude uh, to death, you get this message. You are a brave fighter to have cleared such a difficult stage. This is the first friggin' level. Mm. I have seen the other end of level messages too. This is supplied by Charles of Farsworth Manor. Tell me what these were. So level two, the message in that is, Ecky Thump, who invited all the damn snacks? And where has level two boss's trousers got to? He lost his trousers? Mm. Level three, blimey Charlie, you're as hard as a concrete nail hammered into Satan's testicle. Whoa, that's got to be hard. Tough, tough. Tough. Level four. Really? You got this far? We were taking the piss, man. Level five. Man alive. You're as good as a really good thing playing who's the goodest thing ever. And the very last level, if you do that, it says, we can't believe you're still here, Charlie Fire. Have a congratulatory pie. Oh, what sort of pie? Snack and kidney. Snack and kidney. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, the first level enemies are the only real ones I know of because it's as far as most people got. Yeah. So the first level enemies you get are green creatures from the Crap Lagoon, juggling <laughs> skeletons, Ligars, Wonder Woman, uh, flying assholes, hate bats, and half-man hot robot cops. <laughs> That's the enemies I saw on the first level. That's what I encountered when I played the game. Yeah, there's not much variation with the baddies all the way through the game. I think a couple of them in later levels are different colours, yeah. but I've I've only seen that from a YouTube video. I haven't got anywhere near them levels. The graphics are nice 16-bit, nice pixel art, do you reckon? Yeah, I like not, them, Not yeah. bad graphics, quite like them. The sound... The sound effects are okay. The The tune gets on my nerves a bit. It's a bit wibbly-wobbly. It, I think it's a good tune, but yeah. there's only mm. there's only a couple of tunes in the whole game. There's not many, yeah. and they repeat. The, the, mm, I'll, I'll get onto that in a summary at the end. Uh, there was no cabinet art, as far as I know. It's just a, a kit uh, and some trivia of the game, and you get the worst of the worst enemies in the game, and this is what they are: bats, snakes, wasps, winged knobheads. Bloody boulders. Idiot fish. Daft wizards. Skellingtons in miniskirts. And men with horses' asses. <laughs> <sighs> That's what they look like, though, isn't it? It's a centaur. It's a it's a man with a horse's bottom. That's what a centaur, centaur. is. Isn't it? Centaur. I think there's there's a lot of Greek or Roman mythology in this game, I think. Yeah. And if you think about it, Conan the Barbarian was out around this time. Everyone had gone and everyone had gone barbarian crazy. They so went a bit a few... hack and slash mad, didn't they, on games and, and videos? Yeah, there's few of these games around at the same time like Golden Axe and Black Tiger and yeah. Rygar, that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
Charlie Farr said a good thing. Rastan Saga, not Rastan, has an intro screen and different pictures and dialogues in the post-level cutscenes. Thanks, Charlie Farr. Oh. So this is this is a. A picture we didn't see. There's more story, you see. He says, I succeeded in obtaining the consent of the princess of the dragon CM to exchange the dragon's head for all the treasures of the empire. I started on my quest to the dragon's lair. Oh, that makes it as plain as mud. Yeah, and then there's descriptions. There's different descriptions at the end of each round. They're not the same descriptions as I read out, though, are they? No, yours are better. The ones I may have made up. I'm not going to read them because yours are better. Yeah, of course. It but is. there's different ones. Can we put that on the website? Yes, we can. It's a nice app. Yeah, it's quite interesting. They, they the Japanese version seemed to bother a bit more with yeah. the production of the game. Yeah, not Horses. sure why they left all them bits out for the American and, and the European versions. Odd, strange, isn't it? Ports and sequels. Rastan was he went to a lot of different things actually. Commodore it did, yeah. Spectrum, Amstrad, that was all by Imagine Software. Yeah, I had, it, I had it on the Spectrum, and I think it was terrible. I don't remember it at all on any system. It, it was too ambitious for those little 8-bit computers, really. Apple II, IBM PC, an unreleased version on the Atari ST has been found. Oh, the Apple, the Apple II version isn't quite Apple II, it's Apple II GS, which was the 16-bit version of that one. It's supposed to be really good, that version. Especially really, really close to the arcade version. Oh wow! And there was MSX Two in Japan. It's also been on some of these Taito Legends arcade compilations, yeah. Volume One, that were on PlayStation Two, Xbox, and Windows PC in two thousand six. Mm. So there is a there is a kind of a following for this game. It's it's sort of minorly famous, isn't it? This game. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone seems to know it, and they they seem to love it until. They came to play it. Then yeah. quite a few people have fallen by the wayside of this game. Right, let's do the scores, shall we, kids? What's this about full frontal nudity? Oh, where on the Master System? It is one of the two known games for the Sega Master System to feature full frontal female nudity. The other being Miracle Warriors. That's a bit naughty. Oh, I didn't know that. That's what's written here. I copied that from somewhere. Should we didn't make it up? I might have made it up. Uh-oh. We're in no, trouble. I didn't. We've got lots of scores here. Quite a few people have played with us. 39 players. Thanks, thanks everyone, for can playing. We, can we give a special parp out to the lowest score, which is really, really poor? Yeah. This is the Dave Flinster. 1,800 points. It's like he's just hit two monsters and switched it off. He was playing with his feet, I think, and he says probably yeah. isn't going to cut the mustard. No, Dave, you did not. No mustard was cut. Don't even Rory. give a point for that. That's pathetic. <laughs> Rory, 20 to 5. Ooh. That's Neil, Neil's 25 son. 24,300. Well nice done, one. Rory. That's pretty good. Uh, Ross Ross, 45,500. Quick go, he says. Mm, he is Jimmy, 57,000. He says, Rastan looks like it could be a good game, but the controls are infuriating. I must have had 20 plays and still can't consistently pull off the downward stab move and open a trapdoor. Thumbs down. Next game, please. Oh, I thought it was quite easy to do. Andrew oh, Hannay, 57,400. Can't say I like the game. Graphics are okay. A bit frustrating in places when you try and jump off the rope and end up jumping high up the rope, only to be hit by a barrage of enemy fire. That happened to me. 
Vip's back. I haven't seen Vip for ages. 65-200. I wanted to break from uni work, but instead I got Rastand. Ooh, that sounds painful. Got Rastand to death. Ooh. Paul McCaskey, 65,000 and some change. Only had a quick go. Not really my sort of thing, but it seems okay apart from the bats. I like the weird Zuntata music, though. Oh, Zuntata did it, did Oh, they? really? Oh, that's interesting. Ooh. Here's Neil, 20 to 5, 71, 700. Rastan, mm, initially I accidentally started playing Rygar. He did. Was this my subconscious pushing me to the better game? Yes. Nice graphics, decent level layout, let down by utterly infuriating, unavoidable bats. That's what I think. Mm. Even crediting through it, I couldn't get past level one. Not fun. It's very odd seeing Neil, 20 to 5, so low down the scores, isn't it? Mm. Retro Russ, 75,200. Always like finding a new game I didn't know about. Really enjoyed it. We'll add it to my favourites list on my main cab. See, some people like it. Some people do, yeah. ZX Michael, 75400. I'm getting this in early so I can switch it off and forget it exists. Can't stand the music or the bats. Yeah. As Clark, 79,000 dead. After a break of the last two games, I thought I'd get back into it and wish I hadn't bothered. A pile of poop that would be more suited to be on the Mega Drive. Hmm? Got a point. Mm Mm-hmm. Michael Vortman, 84-200, with the Knights is always the end for me. Them Knights. Mm. Is that the, the robot Knights? The half half robot, half knight? I don't think they're robots. I think they're just... Are they not robots? I just think they've put half their armour on and then got bored and left the other half off. Yeah. Because it's heavy, that army, you know. I know. Tactical Giles, 85,000. Managed to get to the boss at the end of level one. Enjoyed it, but this game is just too bloody hard. I think I'd have enjoyed it more if I hadn't been for those bats. Everyone hates the hate bats. Mm. Pixel Advocate Podcast, 86,400. My score for Bollockstan. This game <laughs> is is an unmitigated pile of ass. Yep. Andrew Driver, 89,300. Salbug, 90,200. It's kind of fun, but it also tops my list for the most rage quits. Yeah, Buller, 90,600. Likes, graphics, sounds, weapon upgrades, monsters, dislikes, collision detection, flipping rope swinging dungeon, Sean missing my scores. Don't miss Buller's scores, you. Yeah, I'm having a bit of a problem on Twitter. I can search 10p score and some people's just don't come up. And then I asked a couple of other people to search. I don't know if it was Buller or someone else. I said, can you find this score? And one of them could and one of them couldn't. Ooh. So that's that's Twitter gremlins, isn't it? I'll look out for him as well then, mate. Exploding Pinball Man, 93,300. He's doing pretty well. He's just put bats. Bats! Have you been watching a TV programme called What We Do in the Shadows? No. It was a film by some New Zealand crazy people. And the new one's got Matt Berry in it. You need to watch it. He's great, him, isn't he? And this is a sample I was going to use in this podcast. Why would you walk home when you could turn into a bat? Bat! <laughs> uh, you forgot your score, Sean. 91,200. Poor. I, f- I forgot my own score, yeah. Rubbish. Oh, dear. It is a forgetful score. And a forgetful game. Ed Horse, 93,400. Not sure about this. Uh, it's on Arcade Sidekick 2. Mm. Well, the app. Yeah. Jason Rayner. Do you know who Jason Rayner is? I do not. I do. Oh, is it the guy from The Gadget Show? No. Who is it? He is. He's going to be working at Leeds. Oh, cool. Leeds. I met him the other day. I think he's going to be 
the duty manager. He did tell me. I've forgotten. One of the duty managers. Anyway, he's put 94,200. Decent game, but I am pants at it. Great soundtrack, though. Alf, Alan Delta Lima, 98,100. Second half of level one. New personal best after 30 years. Like Victor on Cuba, I love playing this, but I'm rubbish. Enjoyable game. Great choice, chaps. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Ian Cullen, 107,300. He doesn't normally comment much Ian but he's having a right go here oh, go it just, just can't stand this it's, he's Scottish can you do it in a Scottish accent no okay that's disrespectful how dare you is it yeah it's not funny okay just can't stand this it's far too dif- hey, hang on a minute you have a you have a go at Sol all the time anymore, I know. You? <laughs> <laughs> it's far too difficult you lose health too easily and the potions don't give you enough back also those bats are well out of order well out of order st- yeah, made it to stage two and broke the 100,000 barrier. think I'm done now. It's just too, too infuriating. Ian Cullen has got lots of good points there. Me, 107,600. And that was a lucky one, I think. I have comments I will be giving later. Uh, Steve Tyke, 112,300. Late to Rastan, out of time. Should be getting more, even with it being a frustrating pile of poop. Did you... Do the first level then without no, score? No, I didn't. No. I think I just got lucky hitting some monsters. I don't know. Ah. But a national fun, 114,300. Music, fast fluid controls. Dying to GD. God, no, God, damn, God damn bats. Dying to goddamn bats because I suck. Best I could master was this score. Uh, Chris Plus Plus, Chris Federico, 114,700. Uh, just about made it to round two. It's as tedious and memory dependent as any scrolling Malay game. But I'm sure I can think of something nice to say about it. Here's one I didn't find any bugs. Well, unless you count those damn evil butterflies. Instead of a sword, I'd like a bug spray power up, please. Yeah, it'd be good. Mm. Jason Barber, 115,800. Really needs to put some time in to understand and appreciate the game. The power ups are critical. Matthew Bridge, 118,800. Managing a quick go whilst on holiday. Setup's not great, but the scenery is lovely in Mauritius. Mm, Global 10 pence in his put. Oh, nice. Deadlock's got 120,700. He's put there's shite, there's really shite, but I'm absolutely shite at Rastan. Oh, I'm going to get the beeps out this time. Mark Happy Dude, 125,100. As much as I wanted to love this game, I find myself not doing. Not because of anything wrong with the game. I spoil it trying to rush through the levels, which makes me lose health too quickly and subsequently die. Oh, I hate it when you die. Mm. Paul Higgins, 13800. First go and probably last go of this. Mark Watno Gravy, uh, 138600. Probably done. I don't think I've played the first level of any game so many times. Maybe the most frustrating game I've ever played. Yeah, I'm with him there. I'm with him there. Ben Granville, 157-100. Finally made it to level two and number four on the high score table. What's with the high score table? It's unfeasibly high. You've got to do half the game to get the high score. I know, it's mad. He's put, still not a good game, harumph. Glad to see the listeners using a harumph. Oh, here's Sol, and I'm going to do him justice. 167,000. I was hoping to use this as an opportunity to get good at our stand. It's bloody hard. <laughs> Arse, Dan. Tronard, 178-200. This is much harder than I remember it being. Mm. Uh, Pearl, one of our good players, 276,900. I effing hate Rastan. 
Harsh mm. words, Pearl. Harsh In words. Second place with a very respectable 298,500 is Matt Neo MK. Well played, mate. Lovely hack and slash romp with great graphics and sound. Hate the bats, they're little swines. It's in my top 10. Yeah, we have got the top three players at the moment, I think, at the top here. And last but not least, Mr. Charlie Farr, 804,800. He won CC'd it, of course. He won CC'd it with 773,600, which we're going to put on the website for you to look at. Uh, so, yeah, well done, Charlie Farr. Actually did the game. I don't know how. I was the- watching him play at Arcade Club because we've got Rastan Saga. Yes. But it, it's similar. There's less bats on Rastan Saga, you know, than there is on Rastan. Oh, really? So it's actually um, a difficulty thing as well as different parts of the game. Yeah. But oh. he, got, he got 430,000 then. Wow. So, let's talk what? about the game, shall we? What do we think? Jerky movements, terrible collision detection. I don't think it's that bad, the collision detection. Ah, no, but you get no visible or audio signs that you've been hit, which makes near impossible game gameplay. If you just walk into something, you can see your, your health going down, but your man who you're controlling doesn't make any... You don't glow red, or it doesn't make a noise, or anything happens. It's just your health goes down and you're dead. I hate games like that, where you don't actually get a visible or an audible warning you're being hit. It really bothers me. Annoying swingy ropes to navigate, awkward jumping sections, rubbish death sequences. You just fade away like an old VHS videotape. I quite like that bit. It's quite cool. Awful. Awful. Like that. See that, the see the that baddies bit. turn into a comedy custard splat when you hit them. That is rubbish. It's so rubbish. <laughs> the graphics are nicely drawn, but the animation could have done with a lot more work. The way the baddies float up and down levels is pathetic. Like they just sort of float. If they're below you on a big on, under your ledge, they just float up. They don't jump or anything. They, they like float six feet in the air. It's really rubbish. You can also lose enemies off screen by making them the screen scroll them off you can scroll them into oblivion poor very poor so if you've got a monster chasing you and you manage to get in front of it and and get away and then go back to where the monster was it's disappeared Mm. it's really bad mechanics it's terrible on later levels which i watched on video uh, it just changes the color of some of the baddies and i presume adds it adds on needed hit points to kill them really cheap i mean i remember seeing games on the amiga using that because of Obviously, memory limitations. But in an arcade game, you don't expect that. Uh, sound mm. is okay. Wibbly-wobbly soundtrack. I don't like it. I know it's a, I've just found out it's a Zuntata soundtrack. I just don't like it very much. There are a ton of much better games than this. I had a quick go on my pony setup because I put a game called Astyanax on it. Mm. And that is a much more playable game than this. It's a hack-and-slash, left-to-right, scrolly game. Uh, I'd much rather go and play Golden Axe, which is more of a free-roaming hack-and-slash game. Or, if you want to play a game that's difficult, and it's a left-to-right, run-around, slashy, hacky, jumpy kind of game, go and play Ghosts and Goblins. It's a much better game. And I think fairer, even though it's rock hard. Mm. And it will destroy you in seconds rather than minutes. But I think it's a much fairer game. Even though it's difficult, it's fairer. 
Yeah, I put I put I love the tunes, or there is only really a couple of them. The tunes change when you go into a building or when you get to the end of level bosses. Yep. Graphics are pretty good. I haven't put time in to get good at this game and don't really want to either. I, I no. think Charlie Fart he he said he loves it. He loves the game. But really? I've just Yeah. He's normally got such good taste. <laughs> the bats on level one ruined the whole game for me, I yep. think. It's just so unfair. They, there's eight of them. They swarm into the middle of you. You can't get them off, you die. Yeah, I know. It's awful. Absolutely awful. Mm. Do you know another thing I sort of thought about the game? In each level of the six, they're exactly the same level. So you've got an outdoor scene. The outdoor scenes do change. The backgrounds are quite nicely drawn. And you get like you know different things going on in the background and you get some different monsters but then you always get to like a little entrance and you go through a castle so you're going up up left and right and up through the levels through little doorways always a castle so it's always like brickwork always brickwork and you've got some jumpy bits to do and then the third part of the level of every single level is this room and they sometimes mirror the room round there's like some steps on it and the baddie and it looks exactly the same just like mirrored and the baddie yeah. almost moves in exactly the same ways. I think it does get difficult when they've got different weapons and stuff, but they look almost identical, the level ends, the level bosses. It's just really poor. It could have made it a lot better by doing completely different level endings. Mm. So it's very, very samey all the way through the game. And with the added the difficulty as well, it's just it's just not a very good game. I always remember this being, oh, it's you know, it's got a barbarian and monsters and hack and slash and axes and swords and all this lot, but it's just poor. When you actually get down and play it properly, and not just have a quick two-second go of it, it's poor. And because we were trying to play a challenge and get a score, you have to keep doing that same level one over and over and over again. It gets really tedious. I just didn't like it. I just thought it was badly made. It wasn't tested properly. Mm, the best thing about this game, for me, is it's got me playing Rygar again. Yeah. That's I, it. That that game yeah. of Stjanax I was playing, I'll have another go at that. There's loads of games with barbarians, left to right, slashy, you know, sort of these old mythical kind of games. And there's a ton of them better than Rastan. You'd think that Rastan would be the pinnacle of them, because it's the one that's sort of most famous. Yeah. But it really isn't very good. Yeah, I agree with you. I, mm. It's just frustrating. Just frustrating. I think if I could have handled the bats, I might have got into it a bit more. Because I, I got I got through the first level, just credited through it. And then the second level is, is easier because there's no bats. I got through that on one credit first time. Just got, oh, wow. through the second, got through the second level. Yeah, so it's a difficulty curve as well, maybe. I, I, I tell you what I will do. I will fire up Rastan Saga. And see if it's slightly more playable. Mm. See if they've they've sorted out the level difficulties, maybe. But yeah, I'm I'm not into it at all. The the bit that really ruined it for me is when you're sort of walking along. If you don't stop and hit the monsters, if you try and rush through it, you end they end hitting you or you walk into them, and your your health goes down. And I was sort of playing along the game, and all of a sudden I die and go, I haven't been hit by anything. I didn't realise I've been hit by anything. But obviously mm. I had been hit and it hadn't hadn't told me visually or audibly that I'd been hit and I hadn't realised. So I was just going through it quickly when I had to slow even when I slowed down though, you're getting hit by stuff. You're like it was just awkward. Really sort of jerky and awkward. I didn't like it. Yeah, that's it. It's not it's I'd not say about f- four out of ten if I was gonna give it a score. Not a fluid 
no gaming experience i'd yeah i'd give it four four or three or something just for the music i do like it in certain games where if you get hit by something say someone hits you with a a bat or a sword it knocks you backwards it knocks you away from them so they're not hitting you constantly while you're trying to recover and especially if they give you like a second or two of invincibility so if you do get knocked against say another baddie on the other side you're not going to get hurt by that baddie again and, and be in a sort of a tennis round of getting hit and die. So if you get knocked away and hit and then you're inv- invincible just for a second to get you recover so you can hit them back, that's the fairest way of being hit. But this game mm. just wasn't like that at all. It's just completely opposite. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, yeah, too hard. And it wasn't just the difficulty that did it. It was the playability. Yeah, I think you're right. So mm. this, we need a good, a good game for next next show's game, Vic. Funny you should say that, Sean. This is my pick. This is, as I said before, a Stone Cold Classic. And it sounds... I'm not even going to say what it is. It just sounds like this. Did you get it from that sound, Sean? Robot Ron. Robot Ron. This is William's classic, Robotron 2084. The ROM we're using is Robotron. Three lives, difficulty moderate three, extra lives every 25,000 points. If you're playing in MAME and you haven't mucked around with it, it should be set as standard. To get into the settings, you need to press F2 and navigate it from there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's a slightly odder way of doing it than the dip switches. You've got to go into a sort of menu and do it. And you can play this on the 19-in-1. It's on the 19-in-1. works really well on there. Obviously, you can play it at Arcade Club or an arcade that's got it, or if you've got it yourself, uh, play it in main. But when you're playing it, you need two joysticks. If you've never played the game before, you should know that Robotron is a two-joystick game. Left joystick controls your little man. Right joystick fires in eight directions. That's all you need. And a lot of people may not have a twin joystick setup, which I just made for my pony. This is one of the reasons I did it. You can play with any kind of slightly modern gamepad with two analog sticks. You can use an Xbox 360, a PlayStation 2, 3, 4, an Xbox One, a modern controller from a PC or whatever. That's probably the best bet to play it. I could play it on my Raspberry Pi then. Yeah? Just put yeah, an so. Xbox 360 controller in there or whatever. Play it like that. That's probably the best way. But you can play it at work, son, in your <clears throat> spare time. I don't get any... Sp- I'm going to have to play after I finish a shift, which I'm normally dead on the feet, so my scores are going to be about 12. Good, I'll beat you then. That's 12, fine. 13 points. Yeah, do a Dave Flintster, 1,880. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so everyone play Robotron. It's really good. I can it tell is good. you that already. So I think next time we, we talk about games, it's going to be a glowing review. But how it glowing, is. you don't know. Yeah, so submit your score on Twitter with the hashtag 10p score. That is 10p score. Or on Facebook as a comment on our podcast post. Pictures, please. Deadline for score submissions is 14th of May. That's two weeks from today, as we record this, 5 p.m. BST, British Standard Time. Yeah. Or sometime. All I've got to do now is thank everyone for listening, and thank you for podcasting with me, Sean, and I'll talk to you and the listeners in about two weeks' time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Yes, thanks, Vic. Thank everybody else. Goodbye.
Bad. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pencearcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 